0: Good morning. Turning your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 9. This morning we are going to be reading two miracles in the book of Acts. Both of these miracles preach the doctrine of resurrection. And as a public testimony to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I ask that you stand with me as we read in Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 31 through the end of the chapter. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa, a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas or gazelle. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his precious word. Bless you. That reminds me, please turn your phones to silent or vibrate. We read in verse 31 that the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and that walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now you'll remember in Acts chapter 1 when The risen Lord is meeting with his disciples. And the disciples ask him, Lord, is it now that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? Jesus Christ said, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to do what? Power to be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem? and Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. One of the things Luke is doing in this section, he's, he's letting you know that this is a moment of transition in the book. The only thing lacking in the formulation given in verse 31 is the end of the earth. And so what Luke is telling you is the rest of this book is the gospel of Jesus Christ going to the end of the earth. So that in chapter 10, we're going to read Peter going to see this Roman soldier named Cornelius and the Holy Spirit of God descending on the Gentiles. Later, the Judaizers recognize this when they meet with Peter, and he explains this to them in chapter 11, that this means that God has granted repentance even to the Gentiles. So Luke is telling us in in verse 31 of chapter 9 that pay attention Pay attention, you're going to see a moment of transition here. And he's telling us how it is that Peter's going to end up in Caesarea in chapter 10 at Cornelius' house. Note too that in verse 32 we read that Peter is going here and there. What that means is that the church has scattered out after the murder of Stephen You recall that the church is basically in Jerusalem at that time. Then when Stephen is stoned, the church scatters. The apostles, by and large, stay in Jerusalem. But Philip the evangelist goes to Samaria, shares the gospel with them. Peter and John come down to investigate what's going on. And then Peter lays hands on these Samaritans and the spirit comes down on them. And thousands upon thousands of people are saved. Then we saw even the Ethiopian eunuch saved. Then we see the conversion of Saul and him preaching in Damascus and then coming back to Jerusalem. The church is going out. And Peter, Peter is shepherding this church. That's why he's going here and there. And then we read of these two miracles. This healing of Aeneas, a paralyzed man. And the raising of Dorcas or Tabitha from the dead. We've said several times going through Acts that the miracles in Acts are there for two reasons. One is to verify the messianic claims of Jesus Christ. And two is to validate apostolic authority in bringing those claims to the people. And these miracles, these particular miracles, preach something in particular. One, they preach the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, yea, his bodily resurrection. Two, they preach our passing from spiritual death to spiritual life upon conversion. And three, these miracles preach the future glad, happy day when all of God's saints will rise in a bodily resurrection upon the returning of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First, these miracles preach the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Aeneas, whose name means praise, is physically bedridden, just as Jesus was physically entombed. The raising of Aeneas, the raising of this paralyzed man to where he could walk, reminds us of the miracle of Peter healing the lame beggar at Solomon's portico in chapter 3. You recall that the lame beggar was asking for alms. He thought Peter and John may give him some money. But Peter says to him, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. And immediately we read in chapter 3 that his feet and his ankles became strong. And that man, that man healed by the power of Christ, clung to these apostles. And he wanted to hear what those men of God had to say. And thousands upon thousands came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that day. That miracle was coupled with a sermon In chapter 3, after that lame beggar is healed, Peter said to his audience, You killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. It was a sermon about resurrection. To this, that resurrection, we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, announces that we are in a new epoch of time. It announces that the kingdom has come. And the kingdom of God having come demands the repentance of all men. So in that sermon in chapter 3, Peter says this, But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. So healing Aeneas, just like the lame beggar, preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I hope you see that. And with Tabitha, it's obvious, is it not? Her body lay dead. It's been prepared. Been brought to the upper room. And the faith of these women is remarkable. They send two men to fetch Peter. In chapter 10, three men will be dispatched by Cornelius to fetch him to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. It's unclear if Tabitha is a widow. There's speculation in church history about whether this chapter, this story coupled with uh, Paul's letter to Timothy in chapter five of 1 Timothy speaks to some order of widows that may have existed in the early church, and perha- perhaps that's alluded to here. Regardless, these women are disciples of Jesus Christ. They're making garments, they're no doubt, for the saints, just as we saw people holding everything in common in chapters two and chapters five of, or chapter four of Acts, and they're proud. These widows are proud of the garments they're making, and they're proud of what Dorcas has done. It's a really sweet moment. Can't you see the great apostle, this preacher coming in, this man who they're asking to perform a miracle through the power of God? And what are they doing? They're showing them some cloaks that they sewed. The Bible is rich with God showing favor to widows, is it not? Jesus reminded his audience in his first sermon in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 4 of, a, of Elijah going to the widow in Zarephath in Sidon. There had been a great drought. Do you know this story? The Lord had commanded this widow to feed Elijah. But she was a poor woman. She had no food. The pro, This is typical Baptist preacher. The prophet is at her house and he says, Bring me a morsel of bread. And she replied, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and only a little oil. She's despondent in that moment. For she said, and now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and died. She, she thought she was going to pass away that within days. She had no hope. But Elijah said, do not fear. And he told her to make a little cake of the flour and bring it to him and to make something for herself and her son too. And he gave her a promise. He said, thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord brings rain upon the land. I'm here to tell you the Lord fulfilled that promise that day. Elijah's staying with the widow wasn't over. Later, the woman's son fell ill. And his illness was so severe that he died. And she pleaded with Elijah. She had seen the power of God working through this man. She pled with him and she said, heal my son. And Elijah told her, give me your son. He took him from her arms. He carried him up to the upper room, the very room where he was staying. And he laid him on his own bed. And he prayed, oh Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. Can you imagine such a prayer? And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. And the life of the child came back to him and he revived. Elijah brought that son down, he brought that boy down to his mama, and he said, see, your son lives. Can you see what that's preaching? The statement that the son lives, that was a miracle that preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our Lord is a friend to widows. Another time, Luke tells a story in his gospel of Jesus coming upon a funeral procession. And there's a widow woman who has one son who has passed away. And Luke writes that the, our Lord looked upon this woman and he had compassion on her. And he said, do not weep. He touched the bier on which the boy was being carried. and He said, young man, I say to you, arise. And Luke records that dead man set up and he began to speak. And Jesus gave that boy to his mother. And the people said, God has visited his people. But don't lose the point. Don't lose the point. The point is that these miracles preach something greater, they preach the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just like when Elijah brought that boy down to his mama, when Jesus Christ raised that boy in name and gave him to that widow woman. He is preaching that Jesus would raise from the dead, and indeed that happened. Jesus said that he'd give that generation no sign, no sign except the sign of what? Sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, he said. In fact, he went on, the men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south, he said, will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Dear friend, on the first day of the week, that first Easter Sunday, when those women went to the tomb of our Lord, they were met by an angel. And that angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he said. He is risen. That's why we're here this morning. You better say amen. That is hallelujah ground for God's people. He is the beginning He is the firstborn from the dead, that in everything, in everything, he might be preeminent. And now he is ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father, this deliverer, this deliverer from Zion, who would banish ungodliness from Jacob, and reign on his throne forever. He has come, and he lives. For from him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So these miracles, this miracle of healing Aeneas, this miracle of raising Dorcas from the dead, these preach the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But they also preach another resurrection. They preach the spiritual resurrection, the passing from spiritual death to spiritual life that all the children of God experience. Never forget, never forget that Jesus Christ redeemed us on that cross. We were in bondage to sin and death. And Jesus Christ paid the perfect ransom. And when the perfect ransom is paid, deliverance comes. And our deliverance is experienced in the here and now when we pass from spiritual death to spiritual life. The writer of Hebrews says, therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. And what is this new covenant? The writer of Hebrews quotes Jeremiah saying, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their hands and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And when your heart of stone is made into a heart of flesh, you are spiritually resurrected in that moment. If then you have been raised with Christ Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Earlier in that same book in Colossians, Paul wrote that you have been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him From the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. We were spiritually resurrected when the Lord got a hold of you, and you were given a new heart and a new spirit. And I have news for you this morning. Preaching to an unsaved man is like Peter coming across that corpse. There is no power. There is no power in the preacher to save a soul. You can't do it. When Peter comes across Dorcas and she lay there dead, Peter has no power to raise her up. I am telling you that he had no power to raise her up any more than he could make the sun rise in the west. Only God can raise the dead. Do you believe that? It's not some preacher that did it. And I declare to you on the authority of Scripture this morning that just like Dorcas was physically dead... All of you were spiritually dead before Jesus Christ got you, before the Holy Spirit made you into something new, before the Holy Spirit regenerated you through the renewal of the washing of His Spirit. Because we have been made new, we can say that God has not destined us for wrath. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. And being made new, being spiritually resurrected ought to focus us on Christ and his kingdom. When we're made new, we are to be imitators of God as beloved children. We're to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And in this sanctuary, we can and must celebrate that Jesus Christ saves his people by making the dead alive. We could say with little Zacchaeus that today salvation has come to this house. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The healing of Aeneas, the raising of Tabitha, preaches the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. It preaches the spiritual resurrection of the saints. And these stories preach the future bodily resurrection of God's people. The prophet Daniel prophesied, but at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Like Ezekiel's valley of the dry bones, God will look upon the dead in Christ on that last day, and he will raise them up. All of our loved ones who know the Lord are also the loved ones of Jesus Christ. And our hope is not an eternity in some disembodied state floating around heaven. Our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which secures and guarantees as the first fruit the resurrection of all God's people. We are embodied And after death, we shall be embodied again, not in the perishable, but in the imperishable, and dwell in the presence of Jesus Christ. I have spoken, he declared, and I will do it. Do you believe that your hope is in the resurrection this morning? I'm going to read from you just a section from 1 Corinthians 15. Two blocks. Listen. Listen. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man also has come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. You can go down to verse 50. but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Do you believe that? Yesterday we had the funeral of a sweet saint of God in this room, Larry Green. And I can tell you, That man loved the Lord. He had been made new. And he is right now in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But that is not the end. There will come a day at the resurrection of the saints when we are all together, embodied in the new heavens and the new earth, dwelling and loving and living with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our hope is in the new heavens and the new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, we read. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. The raising of Aeneas from being a paralytic to a man who could walk. And the resurrection of Tabitha, preach what the resurrection of Jesus Christ promised that he is coming again for the saints of God and he is coming soon for he is the first fruit of the resurrection. And did you see how there were conversions after each of these? These miracles, they're not parlor tricks. They're accompanied by preaching the word of God and calling men and women to repentance. Listen to me. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. Behold, I am coming soon, he said. He is the root and descendant of David. And he is the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and we, the bride, say, come. And let the one who hears me this morning say, come. And let the one who is thirsty say, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Dear friend, he who testifies to these things says, he whose resurrection secures these things. He who by whose power Aeneas was healed. He who by whose power Dorcas was raised from the dead. He is the one who said, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. And with the Apostle John. And with the Holy Spirit who breathed those words. I say and we can say. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending your son to die on that tree for our sins. Thank you for redeeming us from the power of sin and the penalty of death. Thank you for making us alive where we were dead. And thank thank you for the promise that you will make us alive again in your presence. Father, move us to repentance and move us to live lives worthy to be called Christian. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray.